In today's show, we're recapping Thursday's action. There were four games on. We'll look at waiver wire moves and all of the news. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Only the four games on, which is a bit of a bit, bit ugh, a bit of a bloody relief after the 15 gamer and the 13 gamer the last two times the NBA was in action. So we've got those games to talk about, the four of them, some other news, some waiver wire moves. It won't be an hour-long show. Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, LeBron hurt his groin yesterday. And he is officially doubtful for Friday, but the report is he's going to miss Friday and Sunday. So, yeah. Who will replace him? It'll probably be Wenyan Gabriel. Troy Brown will get a little bit of a bump. Austin Reeves will get a little bit of a bump. Lonnie Walker will return. But I'm not adding Brown. Maybe I'd stream. You might stream Brown, probably more 14 teams, but I wouldn't add Gabriel. I wouldn't go, you know, Lonnie Walker, yes. Yeah, I wouldn't be like rushing to grab Patrick Beverly or Austin Reeves. It'll just be Westbrook with a little bit more, Davis with a little bit more, um, Walker with a little bit more. But you can't replace LeBron. Like someone will get his minutes, but it'll just be a bunch of different players. So I don't think there's anyone in 10 or 12 or, yeah, 14s, it's Troy Brown. But <clears throat> that's probably about it in terms of who's taking the value there of LeBron James. Malcolm Brogdon will be out tomorrow. It begins. His value is not high enough to hold. So if you want to move on, move on. What's he playing? 22, 23 minutes a night. He's not a top 100 player. And now he's hurt. Hamstring tightness. Yeah, see you later. Um, update on Omer Yetseven. There's a report saying he's got some bad ankle issues and he might miss the season. Then there was a, a counter report saying, no, it is likely he returns. But they both agree on one thing. He's going to be out for a while. So if you had any hopes of Omer Yetseven, which you shouldn't have, but if you did, you can move on from him. Also with Miami, it doesn't appear like Victor Oladipo is anywhere close to returning. Another one of those updates we got was on the uh, the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, who seems to be a bit of a way away from returning as well. Even the wild thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. A couple more negative injury reports. The big sneeze, Precious Achua, is out indefinitely with that ankle sprain. It seems pretty significant. I'm guessing minimum a month, probably two months, maybe three months. I'd say probably six to eight weeks is, is realistic here for Achua with that level of ankle sprain. Um, we know that he wasn't a 12 or 14-team league guy or barely a 16-team league guy. Siakam is out for at least another week. So it does give Boucher a little bit of a reprieve. It gives Coloco a little bit of appeal, but there's still Otto Porter and Thad Young, and the same problem exists. There's too many power forwards. There's too many centers. So Chua's 13 minutes go away, which is what he played the last two games. So where do they go? Do they go you know, three minutes to Coloco, three minutes to Boucher, two minutes to Porter, two minutes to Young? Is that enough to care for any of those guys? Probably not. Like Boucher probably would be the guy, but you know you're going to get let down. Your Porter would probably be next. 
then Coloco, then Young. But it's just as likely that Thad Young plays 30 minutes and has 10, 10, and 10 next game with how Nurse runs those rotations. So don't burn much on it. Don't drop good players to get a Boucher or to get a Young or a Porter or a Coloco. I think it is going to remain a mess there in Toronto. Bad news on Marco Fultz. Another three to four weeks. This guy in injury reports, or this team in injury reports is frustrating. You can go ahead and drop Fultz, as with my usual disclaimer, unless he's sitting for free in your injured slot. If someone's sitting for free in your injured slot, you hold him. But if there's someone else you're going to be putting in there, you do it and you drop Fultz. That's a month away. He's not going to be that good. Then he still has to battle Anthony and Suggs and maybe even Harris is back at that point. See you later. We know Drew Holiday is out tomorrow, but Giannis is out again as well. That's three out of the last four for Giannis with the knee problem. We talked about it. Probably not enough, to be honest, in the offseason about Giannis's knee problem. When people were talking about safe draft picks and Giannis is the safe one, I said, well, is he though? Like, how do you how do you justify who a safe pick is? Because Giannis is going to miss games because of his knee problem, which is an ongoing career-long thing. It is a little bit of a worry at the moment. I'm not doing anything panicky. People often go, hey, do I, do I sell low? I just need to get rid of him. Honestly, the worst thing you could do. I don't think it's a serious thing, but he is going to miss time. That you can guarantee that he is going to miss more time as the season goes on. That is just what is going to happen. Let's look at the waiver wire over the last 24 hours. The most added play was Alexei Pokyshevsky. I get it. It's a good move. I would add him in 12-team leagues as well. Things are trending up. Be prepared for a 17-minute game tomorrow, but things are trending up, and that looks good. Jordan Goodwin up 25%. Close the game over Monte Morris today because he might be better than him. I don't think he's a 12-team league player. He's at least a stream guy, which is what everyone added him for today, and I like that. But yeah, longer term, it's probably just one we want to watch or look at in deepers. Dennis Smith up 20%. We just keep rolling with him until these players return. If you do need to open up a spot, he's going to be your worst guy. If you do need to grab someone else, you can drop him. I, I get that. But if you have the ability to keep rolling him out, you just do it until players return. Mason Plumley up 19%. The cockroach. He... Played 30 minutes in back-to-back games. Now, just go back two games. We played like 21 minutes and did nothing. But if you are in the right situation, a points league, a 12-team points league, the minutes make him useful. If you're in a 12-team category league and you're punting free throws, he can be useful. It is just two games, though, because, again, the one before that, he was pretty limited. But he gets rebounds. He gets some assists. He might block you a shot. He's got good field goals. There is use in him if he's playing big minutes and the last two games suggest that he currently, or not suggest, they tell us that he currently is. Whether he continues to, I don't know. But as we said in the offseason, do not expect Steve Clifford to say, well, right, we're just putting Mark Williams in here for big minutes. And even Big Dick Nick Richards, he's a backup. We're not really seeing much more there. Um, so yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to pay attention to that. Um, as, as, I'm, as I'm recording this, I'm recording this as... The overtime game is going on between the Hornets and the um, Heat. Dennis Smith just sprained his ankle um, pretty badly. So, yeah, that is uh, maybe that now. It, it didn't look great. Um, yeah, so if you do want to move on from Smith, he just sprained his ankle the other day as well. Um, maybe you uh, could move on from him. That, yeah. I said, this is real-time stuff. So I'm just seeing this now. It didn't look good. Um so I reckon you can maybe move on there. Gabe Vincent up 16%. That's streaming for today. George Niang up 12%. That's streaming for today. Dorian Finney-Smith up 10%. I hope that's just streaming for today. You can go and jack him off. We'll talk about the Mavs soon. Get that garbage out of here! Malik Monk isn't streaming for today. That's a good ad. I like him as a 12-team ad. I like Poku as a 12-team ad. 
Gordon's the only Gordon and Plumley the only other ones in this list that I'd consider, and Plumley would be over Goodwin, but it just depends on how your team is set up and what sort of categories you're looking for. In terms of the most dropped players, number one is the big sneeze, Precious the Jewelry. In fact, three of the top four most dropped players are Raptor centers. Interestingly. Precious down 27%, cool drop in. Boucher down 18. He was dreadful the last two games, but this Achua injury gives us maybe some hope to hold. And then Coloco down 13. I would, yeah, I'm okay with dropping Coloco, no problem. Boucher, I'd maybe hold. And then Cam Thomas down 15%. I've talked about Thomas a lot. Yeah, people asked, when Irving went down, I said, I'm not interested in Thomas. Then he came out, his first two games looked great. And then I detailed a lot of the numbers about how his you know, sister turnover ratio was 10 times what it was last season. And his free throw attempt rate was like over double. And he's just, yeah, everything was sort of way off where it had been. I, go, well, I don't think that's going to stick when Curry and Simmons come back. And then last game, we saw who Cam Thomas probably realistically is. So while I was wrong for those first couple of games, I think I'm going to end up being right that he's not a long-term option. So I get dropping Cam Thomas for sure. Larry Nance down 11%. That's fine. He's back though playing today. So if you do have the urge to grab him again, you do it. But what's the problem? He's not good enough that you have to hold through uncertain injury timetables. And it was only one game, but we didn't know that. But you know, he's on the wire. You can go grab him and see what happens. And he's going to be on and off and on and off rosters a lot, I think. Brandon Clark down 10%. Absolutely a clear drop. And then the Rabbit Hunter, Alex Caruso down, what is it? 10%. Be very quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. Easy. Easy drop. You add him when guys are out, you drop him when guys are back. And then Santi Aldama, yeah, he shouldn't be rostered in any 12-team leagues. Probably any, not even any 14-team leagues. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs, info, stats, news, and updates. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Week 10, I think it is, in the NFL. Let's see what ball-bursting game we're going to look at. Jeff Saturday and the Indianapolis Colts. They're four-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Las Vegas Raiders. Can Saturday, with his zero coaching experience, get the Colts to a big victory? Does the new coach bump work when the guy's never been a coach? I guess we'll find out. But all of that action you can find at BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's go to the first game. It was the Mavericks on a back-to-back up against the Washington Wizards. Um, Christian Wood was out with that knee problem. The Wizards were also relatively um, relatively thin up front with uh, no Porzingis and no Beal. And of course, no DeLon Wright and no Taj Gibson. Spencer Dinwiddie, two huge games. 38 minutes, 33, 4, and 6 with 7 triples. Some might say it was a revenge game. He shot 65% from the field after a rocky game about two games ago. He's been great. He's been really, really impressive this season, Dinwiddie. Dwight Powell started 26 minutes, 14 and 7. Dwight Powell is a 12-team stream on days like this. Otherwise, he's like a 16-team league hold. Doncic, oh yeah, man, it was rough. And when Doncic was the number one player, well, he's down to number eight after this, and he's 28th over the last week. Why? He shot 38% from the field, and he went three of nine from the line. That was boosting him, and now it's hurting him. He still had 22, 9, and 6. And, and you understood that there were these issues in Doncic's game, but it looked like he maybe had sorted it, but maybe not. Reggie Bullock, 
this guy's bad. Six points in 27 minutes, and Finney Smith had five and five. Neither of those are 12-teamers, but it was a nice offensive game from Timmy Hardaway. 16 points in 28 minutes with five threes. I am nowhere near ready to rely on Hardaway, but I'm just going to keep watching that. He played those minutes while Joshy Green, unfortunately, only played 19. Four points and two steals. Green had been trending up, and this is a slap in the face, and he went backwards. Just keep him on the watch list. Well, only 21 minutes for Maxi Kleber, and JaVale McGee played eight. Cool. The Mavs are not, not great, I don't think. <clears throat> but the Wizards, they're bad, but this was a good win. Said no Beal, no Porzingis, no Delon. So Kuzma, the future MVP, he MVP'd all over us. 36-11-6 with five triples, 41 minutes. But I caution you, we saw this last season. Beal was out, Porzingis was out, Kuzma went crazy. And today, Beal is out, Porzingis went out, Kuzma went crazy. When Kuzma is in a position to be the number one guy and to run things, He's actually really good at it. Him fitting into a tertiary role, he sort of gets lost. And that was part of the issue with him playing in LA with LeBron. And it's with these guys too. This is great, but it's going to fall. Dan Gafford didn't start because Wes Unseld Jr. is, I don't know, like, I don't know. Something's wrong with him. He started Anthony Gill, a 12th man power forward at center. Gill played 15 minutes and had two and two. But Gafford had 11 and 10 with four blocks in 25 minutes. At least he kept those center rotate those bench rotations intact because, as we all know, the usual starting center, Kristaps Porzingis, always plays just 15 minutes a night. So he was able to make those rotations stay exactly the same. Anyway, as long as Porzingis is out, and I don't think Porzingis is a long-term thing, Gafford is a stream. Hachimura, not a surprise. His game relies on usage. 23 and 8 in 26 minutes. Don't buy into it. Don't add him. And farting will barton. Farting doesn't sound right. It's got to be farting. Farting will barton. No, you will. No, he's ready to sack that. Run, will. Give it off quick. He was all right. 14, 7, and 4 with three threes. But do, do you buy it? I don't at all. I wouldn't bother with him. Well, let's talk about the point guards. Monty Morris played 19 minutes. He had six points with one rebound. Uh, and three assists, he failed to register a three, a steal, or a block, and he attempted just six field goal attempts. Monty Morris is dreadful. He is outside the top 150 for this season, and you can absolutely jack him off. Get that garbage out of here! Nah, I'll see you later, Monty. He's, he's useless. Like, may, maybe, like, oh, he's away from Jokic. He used to go up. Maybe Jokic made him look good. Do you reckon there's a possibility of that? I reckon there might be. He's bad, and Jordan Goodwin outplayed him for the third straight game. 29 minutes for Goodwin, only two points, but seven rebounds, six assists, and a steal. Goodwin's 106th-ranked player over the last week. That makes you interested in 14 teamers. Now, it is largely because Beal is out, but they should look into moving him into a larger role with Deal on sideline, for sure. Watch that. Avdia started 32 minutes, 12, 6, and 4. I have no reliability at all in Denny Avdia's play, or in Wes Unseld's ability to believe in Denny Avdia's play, making him a really tough option outside of, say, deeper leagues, which is unfortunate because there might be something there. Maybe. I don't know. Kispert had seven points in 23 minutes. You want nothing, absolutely nothing to do with Corey Kispert in 12 or even probably 14-team league fantasy situations. I don't know why I call them situations. They're leagues. The next game, the Atlanta Hawks beat the Sixers, 104-95. They were... Um, they were up bigger than that, Atlanta, and then Philadelphia sort of made it a little bit closer towards the end. So on the Philadelphia side, of course, Harden was out. Embiid, 26-13, not his best, but 
you know, relatively solid. He's actually a top five player over the last week. So getting back on track. Well, the thick Hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. So you start looking at this line. You go 12, 2, and 3. That's pretty heresy. No threes, 33% shooting. And then he just adds in five steals. Pulls them square out of his ass. And that makes it look much better. And it's going to inflate his ranking. And it's going to make him look like a top 20 player over the last week. Because he actually is. But he's not. He's not really that guy. So there's a huge sell-high opportunity. But the problem I have here is if you are not a Tobias Harris believer, you did not get him in drafts. Because there was a big disconnect between his ranking or ADP, which is around the 50s, versus the opinion of someone who didn't believe in him, like me, where I had him in the 80s or 90s. So I didn't end up drafting him anywhere. Therefore, I wouldn't be able to sell high to someone who believes in him because that person would have already drafted him ahead of me. That is a conundrum with a sell high. So if you've got him, you're going, see, see? Just I'd be prepared for maybe something to fall away there from him, especially those steals. But it was good. Um, had someone mentioned to me somewhere, I don't, I don't know what it was, but oh, I highlight this, not not because I don't know who the person was, so I'm not shaming them. They said, hey, is Maxi a sell high before Harden comes back? And I think it plays into the idea that we assume that, but Maxi's been significantly worse since Harden's gone. So the idea is, well, Maxi's just getting all these touches. He's going to be he's great without Harden. He's like outside the top 200 over the last week. He cannot get anything going at all. And the sell high really shouldn't exist. But people believe this. People do think that he is playing well without Harden. I don't know why they think that, but this it's an illustration again that just because you might have all the information or you know what's going on, doesn't mean everyone does or everyone interprets it the same way. 15, 4, and 5 on 29% from Maxi. Like, that's a, that's a really poor game. He's been pretty good this season, but he's not a top 80 player on the year. And that's disappointing from where he was drafted. George Niang scored 21 last game with seven triples. He had nine points here with a triple one. He's only just a 14, probably not even 14, probably 16 team league guy. And it was a stinking game from the wave pool. Five points on 29%. He did have 10 rebounds and an assist, and I, I would persist with him. I don't think that he's going to be this top 80 guy. Or top, or maybe even top 60 guy while Harden's there. He'll have some stretches. And then when Harden comes back, he'll push back and be around 110. I think he's like 115th since Harden's been out as well, which is not great. But I am still holding him. PJ Tucker, only 24 minutes. He did nothing. Paul Reed was actually pretty poor in this game. He went scoreless in nine minutes and it was a horrendous like minus 14. The Sixers were just bad in general in this game. They were. They, they actually, they do need Harden, who has been, I think, their best player this season. For the Hawks, it wasn't a great DeJounte Murray game. 10 points on 39%, but he had eight assists and two steals. So it gets it done there. And Trey Young, another bad shooting night. The volume's good, 26, 3, and 7. But 33% is bad. Um, 10 of 10 from the line is great, but he's not even a top 30 player this season. So there is, I guess, a little bit of a buy low with him. Um, if, you know, if that's the possibility that... If that possibility exists and someone um, you know, is frustrated by the lack of shooting. A Kong, we played 21, 21 minutes, 10 and 11 with two blocks. Good numbers. Good numbers. I don't think he's a must-hold because I just don't see the minutes upside there because Capella did a brilliant thing again. 18 and 20 on 17%, 70%. Everything else is a bit missing because there's no other stats. But he's been really, really good. Top 25 over the last two weeks. Another low usage John Collins game. Now, he did have foul trouble. That kept him to 26, 26 minutes. 11, 4 and 2. 27% shooting. He's outside the top 100 over the last week. It has not been particularly good after that red-hot start from the Baptist. Things have gone awry really quickly. 
I don't really know what you can do outside of maybe you try a buy low, but don't do it expecting him to be like what he was to begin the year. But the Murray, Collins, Young, how does that all fit together? It's, I don't. It still hasn't been worked out. I don't think. Um, if you wanna, if you want a, a jack here, there's all, this one's always going to be available. DeAndre Hunter was bad again. 14-4 and four in 32 minutes. No assists, no steals, no blocks. Why is everyone holding him? Can somebody explain it to me? Maybe in a points league, I get it. In a category league, you're just hurting yourself. And unfortunately, AJ Griffin is the 10th man of the rotation and barely played. Three points in 14 minutes. We put him back to a watch list. He's still... Pl- well, not a watch list because he's growing a mustache like this, but just a, you know, a fantasy watch list. Justin Holliday and Aaron Holiday played 23 minutes apiece because that was... You know, cool and stuff. Uh, we don't need to worry about either of those guys, but you know, Griffin is, is way down the uh, rotational pecking order at this point. Let us uh, go to the next game, the third game of the day. Weird, ga- weird day today with the games finishing as early as they did. Just everything sort of clumped together. Just what a strange schedule we had all week this week. This was an overtime game. The Heat were down and they uh, end up getting the win. In overtime, the final score, 117-112 over the Hornets. As I said at the start, as I was recording live, Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, sprained his ankle in overtime. He had 12-2-8, and eight, and he was putting up good numbers. But, you know, if, he's, if he is hurt and he's missing time, then you drop. Ubre really red hot. I think he had five threes in the first half. He only ended with seven, but 29-7, seven triples, two steals, and a block. And despite this, he's not a top 150 player this year because he just hurts in so many areas. Never assists, bad field goals, bad free throws. And he's going to lose minutes and usage when players return. So again, he's at the back end of your roster. And if you need to drop, you drop. Otherwise, you just keep going. Jalen McDaniels, good game. 16-4 and 4, three threes. We know he's been up and down. He's not a 12-team mainstay at all. While Rogier, the buy-low window remains open. He had 22, but people are worried. Man, why can't he shoot? 32% shooting here. Now, this was, Rogier was a bad shooter two years ago. And then he had two full seasons of being really good. And I said, right, I'm convinced he's a good shooter. And now he's bad again. I don't know that that sticks, but I do know that he won't be like a 33% guy, which is what he's currently going at. So a little bit of a buy-low opportunity there for Big Tez. Big Dick Nick had 10 points in 14 minutes. You can move on from him in 12s. But the Cockroach, another good Mason Plumley game. 39 minutes, 13, 15. Siri, nobody, literally nobody is asking you, Siri. Um, Mason Plumley, 13, 15, and 5. Perfect shooting, and he was 71 from the line. I, I, I think he's a pickup. He's definitely a 12-team points pickup, and I'm ready to get disappointed with 21 minutes next game. But I, I think he's a pickup. I'm going to hold PJ Washington lovingly. He had 9 points, 5 rebounds in 35 minutes. That's bad, but I'm not sure he's going to hit the top 100. The efficiency is way down. He's not getting the usage that I hoped he would. It's been a real struggle for PJ. I will hold him. If I'm in an eight-team league, though, I'd probably turf him. If I'm in a 10, I would consider it. In a 12, I, I will still hold. I don't know who's on the waiver wire that's going to be giving me better upside than what PJ does. For the Miami Heat. Because he's my butler. 42 minutes, 35, 10 and 8, two steals. He's been really good this season when he's played. And then Adebayo had a really strong game, too. That was Jim Butler, by the way. 18, 14 and 4 for Bam. Wasn't a great Kyle Lowry game, but 10, 3 and 3 with two threes is good. And plus, as a top 50 player over the last two weeks, you're okay with that. Caleb Martin, again, did nothing. 9, 4 and 2, two threes. Good stream for today. And you can stream him all the way to the waiver wire now. Get that garbage out of here! Of course, with any of these moves and the drops or ads, have a look at the schedule. If Is Martin playing tomorrow and he's going to make sense for you? Is he playing 
that game's coming up. I'm talking longer reaching views with a lot of this stuff. Like, hey, is Caleb Martin someone I need to plaster into my roster for the next two months? Like, no. But does it make sense to have him for the weekend? Then maybe. You got to look at that stuff. Max Strews played 40 minutes. I don't think he registered a single stat in the final 10 minutes of that. 12 points with two threes. He hit, he had two steals. Like he's a three-point streaming option who can get some steals and he's scoring okay. And with Victor Oladipo sidelined for the indeterminate future, it is helping Struis. It also helped, of course, that Hero was out here. So Struis got some extra playing time. And you just keep rolling with Struis as that nice three-point option who, again, you don't have to marry yourself to. 38 minutes of Gabe Vincent. That's a lot of Gabe Vincent. 12-4-2. He's been pretty good with the absences recently. I think he's probably more of a 14-team league guy, but he's available in a lot of spots. And you can stream him for 12s. Like that, that's good. Those minutes are really encouraging for what Gabe's doing. I Again, I don't think that he should be a priority at, but it is encouraging to see him play as, uh, as well as he is. And then we do the last game of the night, the Portland Trailblazers. They get the win on the road without Damian Lillard and without Shaden Sharp. And without Yusuf Nurkic, over the Pelicans, 106-95. Jeremy Grant was great. 27-8-4, four steals, a block, four triples. That's a fantastic game. He's really picked it up of late. It does help when players are out, but this is really strong. Um, really impressive. Simon started out poorly and didn't shoot well at all, but volume got him there. 23-3-6, 28% shooting is rough. I think he missed his first six shots, eight of eight from the line. And then Josh the Hitman Hart, 17-7-2. Still not rostered everywhere and absolutely needs to be. After that, you've got Eubanks playing 27 minutes, 6 and 8. He's a solid stream, I guess, with Nurkic out. Winslow had 12, 8 and 6 with a block. Now, he was just dreadful from the field and dreadful from the line. 25 and 63% there each, respectively. But the counting stats are okay. And while those players are out, like Lillard, who I don't expect to be out long, if he should be back next game, and Nurkic and Sharp, like it required three of these guys to be out to get that sort of production from Winslow, who's more of just a 14-team league streamer. Nasir Little played probably the most he's played all year, 15-4 and four in 24 minutes, but he is at this point really just an afterthought or a deeper league guy. Well, Trinidad Watford had a Josh Hart sort of line, two points, but six rebounds, four assists, and three steals. He's a name we always watch because we saw what he did when he got minutes last season, but that role is not available. CJ McCullum continues to shoot horribly, horribly, but he had a good line, 13-7-7, two steals and two blocks on 35%. I don't know why it's so bad for him, but he is really struggling. Trey Murphy played 31 minutes. Okay, that's with Larry Nance back because what they did, they just cut Devontae Graham. So all of Devontae Graham's minutes basically went to Murphy, which I'm behind. I, I believe in it, but will they continue to do that? 16 and three, three blocks and three threes. That That's that's great. I have real... I, I struggle to understand the rotation decisions every game from Willie Green with Trey. And that is the problem often with these bench guys, but he's good. And he should play, so maybe that gives you some ability to hold. Um, Valanchunas with Larry Nance back. Under 20 minutes for JV. Jonas Vasu Inuansas. He had 7 and 11 on 25% shooting. He won't be a drop, but we know this. When Nance is there, he's just not going to play well. Nance had no points, but he had six rebounds and an assist in 23. He is like a 12-team fringy ad sort of player who you'll drop on and off all season. But there's enough there. Ingram had 14 and 5. He fouled out. Zion had 29 and 6. Good game from Zion, but of course, bad volume free throws. And Herbalife Jones didn't get the usage we'd seen the last two games. He actually, all the starters really struggled in plus minus in this one. Jones only had the 10 points. He didn't get any defensive stats. And this is back to the bad Jones from the first week. He still remains a 12-team league back-end option, 
but more of a defensive specialist who will have the occasional big offensive game, but then we see something like this where it does drop away. Jose Alvarado, yeah, um, he should play more, but he doesn't. 17 minutes, and then no Dyson Daniels in the rotation. Surely Daniels can just take these Devontae Graham minutes, surely. And obviously no need to keep rostering Najee Marshall with all these players back. He just isn't playing. Let's go to the monstrous line of the night. It is Kyle Kuzma of the Washington Wizards that wins the monstrous. Your waiver wire is Dan Gafford without Porzingis. Your young gun is Trey Murphy with that big performance. I'm still conflicted on what to do with that. I think that we have him, but it's really precipitous whether you hold him. And then the dud of the night is PJ Washington Jr. Your top 10 players in category leagues. Number one is Kuzma, followed by Dinwiddie, Butler, Oubre, Jeremy Grant, Bam Adebayo, Dan Gafford, Trey Young, Christian James McCollum, and Joel Embiid. Top 10 players rostered in under 50%. Dan Gafford, while Porzingis is out. Hachimura, while Porzingis and Beal are out. They're there where the options are. Farton, Will Barton, while those guys are out, as you can see. And then Denny Avdia at number five. Five of the top, four of the top five are because of the absences in Washington. So don't read too much into it. Dwight Powell at four. Eh, he's like a 14-team stream option. Um, Trendon Watford at six. Don't care. Nick Richards, not really. Drew Eubanks, Nurkic stream. Jordan Goodwin, maybe but probably more 14 league, but maybe. And then Gabe Vincent's probably on the 14-team league zone as well. And your top 10 players in points leagues for Thursday, Butler, Kuzma, Grant, Dinwiddie, Ubre, Doncic, Adebayo, Capella, Zion Williamson, and Joel Embiid. And that will do it for us today as we get out of here in roughly 30 minutes. Yay! Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Audacy for here on YouTube. Thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.